17 doesn't have to mean one thing to everyone. Clearly, it doesn't mean one thing to all 13 MPs that represent the change block. And it doesn't mean the same thing for the hundreds of thousands, over a million protesters at times, on the streets of Beirut and across the country. It doesn't have one meaning. But I think that's fine. You don't need to have one meaning to a national moment. There has to be an understanding in the background that there's a spectrum of what reform means. Some are more aggressive. Some are Puritan and populist. That's one end of the spectrum. On the other end, there's politics as we understand it, meaning compromise, meaning step-by-step reform, not this radical overhaul that really, I think, represents more revolution than it does entering parliament and trying to play politics. On that spectrum, which is very, very wide, you end up with 13 individuals that don't necessarily see eye to eye on every single decision, and I think that's fine. A lot of these MPs don't know each other, or they didn't know each other prior to the election. They're all carrying the torch together. They're all carrying the name October 17 behind them. But when they enter parliament, they don't see their role necessarily as agreeing on every single decision. I think that's fine. But then you're given two choices. You either act like a block, and you implement steps or mechanisms that make sense, meaning democracy, majority decision, majority win, It's an odd number. It works well. It makes no sense that things should always work by consensus on every single decision. You can't get all 13 to agree on every single decision. It's just impossible. So that sort of uh, duality there of not being able to agree on how to make decisions from within, I personally think, this is my own side, I personally think democracy and those decisions works better than consensus. I don't see a point for consensus on every single decision taken in a block. Consensus could work better on much bigger issues that require much more sensitive agreements. That could be something more national, something more sectarian, something that you need to get parties that feel insecure to weigh in and perhaps have a veto when it's that big. But on a very local small block in parliament, or not so small, but fairly small uh, block in parliament, but significant block, you don't need to get dragged down by every single decision. I think that leads to months of wasted time. That said, we're five months, six months away from May, and by now, it would have been far more rewarding as a voter who voted for October 17, to see at least attempts at legislation, to see real attempts at politics, to see bold decisions taken that may not, may not work. Maybe you lose. But the, sh- the show of trying is more effective than the show of disagreeing and fighting. And I think the last few days were, were just so bad that it doesn't make sense anymore to stay as a 13. Obviously, it's not happening anymore. The numbers are the numbers shrinking. But um, you can't... 
I'll use Babda because that's the most recent example. It's not just Babda, but I'll sort of elevate that because it's really what we're. It's 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 the uh, most pressing, uh, let's say, uh, fiasco. You can't just throw names left and right, and burn decent names in the process, and then go to characters you know beforehand that don't want to be in power. The Aysam Khalifi moment was so bizarre. I mean, we all listened to the voice note shared, the voice note between him and Michel Dwehi. I mean, it was, uh, it was tragic. I mean, I have a soft cold at the moment. I know my voice is not uh, doing so well. But I feel bad for Aysam Khalifa. I mean, he has a, such a lovely range in his tone. He can go from, I think, baritone to a violin or flute. I don't know what the wood versus percussion here, but he, he has a range. And in that range, we all heard his emotions come out. And the poor guy, the poor man, the poor astute historian, wants nothing to do with this. You know, something else. He's the godfather or he's the sort of the... the uh, He's the academic uh, uh, support for Line 29. Okay, Line 29 didn't work. In maritime boundaries, it's done. There's no Line 29. I just don't know how you could sell Line 29 in Baabda too. And I think it was clear that not all 13 lined up to this name. not all 13 wanted this name, and there are names that were already sort of listed. Why burn them? You know, Salah Nin is not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy, but now it's like a reckless... Uh, it's really... Uh, it's making him less likely to be a unfortunate consensus candidate, if that's where everything is moving. Um, it makes it harder to sell him later, let alone Salim Adde. But Salah Nin, I mean, the veto against him, because really, I mean, I'm not going to make this personal, but there is one of the 13, and we all know who she is. I mean, she sees Lebanon in black and white terms, she sees anyone prior to October 17 as unworthy of anything. I mean, Salah Hnin cannot be problematic. <clears throat> and not everyone that's been in politics prior to October 17 is problematic. This very, uh, this very extreme way of looking at the country and looking at a rule in parliament, I think, is uh, it's just... If I were a member of the 13, I actually would want that number to be reduced to 12. But it's not about her. It's about really that kind of, you either all agree on one thing or you disagree, and that's going to be paralysis. Paralysis in parliament, in a block. So that's one example. Um, also, I mean, it's maybe secondary, but I don't think uh, sharing the, the disagreements on Twitter is the right thing to do. You are a member of parliament. Keep it among yourselves. We can know when it's necessary, but to just advertise it ahead 
and try to gain from that momentum, I'm not a big fan of that. So even though he has his reasons and he may have wanted out a while ago, I don't know if Michel Dwehi's move was the right one, at least in trying to give the 13 or the 12 or whatever uh, a chance to get things right and to give that kind of, uh, you know, a pressure from within rather than uh, popularity from outside. I, I don't know, personally. I don't know if that was the right move. Um, I'll, I'll extend that to everyone that's tried to sort of benefit from this moment by stepping away. What um, Sadiq did it his way. Again, I don't know if even when the words are measured at times and they're tempered, I don't know if that's how things should be done. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of somebody that would leave quietly and then prove themselves in politics down the road. We know that they left because they've done something and they've attached their name to something that's worthy of why they're in parliament. And then we understand what happened in a way that's beneficial. There's like a positive element to it. This negative side, I, I'm not a fan. And I don't like backstabbing. And you're in a group for five, six months, and then you just sort of uh, you exit out on your terms and you want it to be about you. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a, I, I don't like it. But, but I will say, and I'll give them the benefit here. It's not just them, obviously. It's not just two. There are more uh, resigning, uh, if not already. I mean, Rami Fringe has sort of, without saying it explicitly, the man voted for Michel Mawad. I don't know if he can uh, come back from that, at least in terms of the original 13, but something else. I watched Waddah Sadiq last night on TV. I don't know if I agree with everything he said. I don't know if the way he frames March 14 parties is exactly the, the real situation that happened. I think he's cherry picking at times. He's selective, but it's a TV interview and it's fast paced and fine, that's okay. But it's good to see him defending March 14 because there's no shame in that. And he defended the principles of March 14 in a way that I haven't seen. I prefer that. Now, his footprint as one MP is going to be insignificant. He'll be better, probably, on LBC than he will be in the parliament. But at least there's something there. He's not paralyzed in parliament. He's isolated in parliament, but he's very good in talk shows today because he's being honest and he's saying exactly what he believes and it resonates. Whether he joins another block and he's already hinted at it, he may well do that. I think he'll have to. You can't be an isolated independent MP and have any footprint. If he does that, all the better because the man was voted in for political reasons, not for activism or puritanism. So I prefer what Dah Sadiq, flexing his muscles and pursuing politics the way he sees it as an extension of October 17. Just like I see Ibrahim Naimne on the other side, if you will, pursuing politics the way he sees it on his terms in October 17. So I'm sympathetic to both. And I think it's fine. You know, Michel Douai, he hinted at a consultative gathering that this is what they would be instead of a coalition, I think that's what they've been already. So that I mean, they're still allowed to meet and, and talk, and they should. I think they should. 
And they're all part of that same national cause that's very wide and very all-embracing. But I would rather have Ibrahim Naimne uh, evolving on his terms and flexing his muscles his way. What I don't like, this is again my opinion, I don't like, is arguing on Twitter. So, it's fine. Mark Dao put his name on the budgetary list or whatever, the, the committee, uh, and he may have played a role in stunting Brahim Naimne's name being selected. That's probably what happened. I don't know if Mark's explanation was accurate. It seems like it wasn't entirely accurate. But Brahim Naimne doesn't have to reply in a way that's exposing things from within that makes everyone look bad. I don't think Brahim Naimne, although he seems like an honest man, it seems like his integrity is there. I don't know if venting on Twitter, even when you're defending your name, I don't know if that's how politics should be pursued. That's how civil society acts outside of parliament. And I don't think it's very pleasing to people that voted these parliamentarians in. So I'm not a fan of this. I'd rather see uh, a quiet, maybe a more, it's not even about being quiet. It's letting the work prove itself, not begging for, uh, or not even begging, not, it's not a popularity contest. Let the work show. Be, be aggressive in your work, and we will come and support you afterwards. If we see that work is being done, hard work, we'll naturally support you. We'll want to be there for you. We'll vote you again in four years. But venting, 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 and disagreeing publicly, and then really, I mean, with all due respect to grievances and, and, and you know, and personal matters, I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, you can't, you can't be an MP and, and participate in a bank heist, even when it's your money. I'm sorry. That's not the role of an MP. You, you wither the meaning of being a member of parliament. There's many more examples here, and I'm not, I don't, I mean, again, so we have, Cynthia Zarazir is better at activism. Halima Kakur is pure, but to the point of, you know, to the point of there's no pursuit in politics here. It's just a, a very, very rigid, very aggressive sort of stance that doesn't fit Lebanese politics whatsoever. You have uh, Najat Saliba, who misstepped at times, actually, misstepped uh, in, in ways that were very, I mean, you know, certain words are used on TV and they stick. They stick. You have uh, many, I mean, I don't know all of these MPs personally, but you have people that are learning on the go. You have Firas and uh, Firas Hamdan and Wadah Sadi arguing on stage together over the microphone. Uh, you have Paula Yaoubian and her, her attention stunts. I'm sorry. It looks always more about her than about anything else. I, I don't know if I'm being too un too unforgiving here, but I don't need to see her necklace as the issue and giving it away as sort of a, we all sympathize with her. I mean, come on, own it. If you're, if you like being flashy and if you like dressing up for every occasion and you spend that much money on yourself, don't be shy about it. At least that's who you are. But this dual game of I'm one of you and yet I'm me and I don't know, this it all just falls flat. Always, I'm not I, these this the silly ego side of, of politics here in this country. It's almost like celebrity rather than MP. 
there's many other issues, many other incidents, and I'm not going to go into all of them. And I don't want to, I mean, it's not a personal thing here. But I do like when independent minds pursue politics in a way that suits them. And the fact is, they won because they were good at campaigning in their district. They represent a district. If Rami Finch wants to vote for Michelle Mahawad, he should vote for Michelle Mahawad. Wadah believes Michelle Mahawad is the right name, vote for him. If Halime or whoever, if they're you know, knocking on doors trying to get new names to run, I mean, you're, you're just, you're making the names that you chose to begin with look bad. And I'm sorry, Aysan Khalifi, come on. I've made it known already in different episodes that I don't think Michel Mawad is a savior or a hero, or for that matter, I don't think he has the capabilities to do much should he reach Bahabda. It's an unlikely, if not near impossible chance regardless. But of the 13, those that are voting for him, as opposed to the more likely scenario of Joseph Aoun being a consensus pick, or a Hezbollah FPM favored civil society pick that's really just a conduit, it's a gateway to Jibran Basile in six years, I would rather see more assertive politics and being more frank. Michel Mawad is the better pick. He may not be the, the, the dream. He clearly does not, I mean, Michel Mawad is part of this paralysis too. But of that, of that selection of those choices, I'd rather have him, and we lose voting for him, than being a, uh, a soft sort of background support system for Hezbollah without even realizing it. And maybe Joseph Hon will impress us. Maybe he'll do better than we assume. And you know what? Maybe if it's Ziad Barud. Maybe he'll do worse than many people think he will. I mean, we know what he was like inside a ministry, and we know how he's like outside. I personally think he shines outside. He doesn't really shine inside. And we know why he resigned 10, 11, 12 years ago. I mean, the moment the man is confronted with some of this security paralysis, he's out. So I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of civil society getting burned further. And I don't want another army chief, even if that's the way things are moving. Personally, I would rather vote for Michel Mawad because that's the only viable alternative, even when it's extremely unlikely. But don't burn uh, the names of decent people or humble people that don't want anything to do with this. And it looked like a parade rather than politics. Sorry, I've I've been uh, sort of venting here, but... I'll just wrap it up by saying that I think it's fine. Let them let them no longer work together as a block. Let them pursue their politics their way. Let them attach to other coalition blocks, or let them, for that matter, maybe regroup. Maybe they'll regroup, and maybe they'll find a way that works better for them. Maybe they'll merge some democratic voting procedures with some consensus when needed. Maybe they'll find a way. Maybe the number will shrink to eight, maybe the number will grow again later. I mean, this is still fluid. But in the meantime, I do 
see them shining better on their own than a forced uh, unity that in a way reflects the status quo of Lebanon, where the worst thing that happened to this country was forced national unity, forced national unity under Hezbollah's terms. At least these, these 13 are not forced, and they're sort of flexing on their own in a way that makes more sense. Thanks. Thanks.